Welcome to Project Monolith. I'll now continue my conversation with John LeBun. This time, we're discussing the war hoax. I hope you enjoy. Right, we've looked at the history hoax, John, and the next item on my agenda, as it were, is another topic that will kind of get people, let's just say, a little bit angry, maybe, over the topic. This is because it's one of those things that's been ingrained in people since they were little children. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those ones that is really hard to believe. So what I'm talking about here is the war hoax. And this particular topic actually inspired me to start doing a, a series on my own website, um, looking into war and trying to uncover more evidence for what's actually goes on. And uh, I've done three parts so far and I've done a lot more research as well. But it's kind of, uh, backing up what you're saying on the war hoax so I don't know if you'd like to give a bit of an explanation and obviously not not too much detail but just just a, a bit of a basic overview of what's uh, going on with the war hoax yeah more than happy to try I should say when you said like it just a moment ago you were saying here's another topic that gets people angry I was thinking well what's he going to talk about because I've got so many topics that I've talked about now and each one of them will make different people angry for different reasons so I was thinking what's he going to ask about of course, the war hoax. Yeah, this this one does get people angry, doesn't it? Even people who are on board with so many of the other hoaxes, this one does get some people angry. And I can understand why, because their grandfather was injured in the war or their uncle uh, lost a limb in Vietnam or something. Like so many people know somebody who was allegedly or supposedly injured or killed in war that the idea that war is not real, that, you know, that, that's offensive to them on a fundamental level. So I fully get that. So I'll try my best to, to be direct with what I have to say about this. And then people can, they can think I'm crazy, they can think whatever, but here's my honest opinion. War is a hoax 
There's never been a real war between two or more nations fighting to the death. That has never happened. What has happened is people have been sent off to what they call war, but that war wasn't two or more armies shooting each other to the death. What it was, was strategic relocation and demolition, things like construction. That's what was going on. Some of these men might have been guarding territory. They might have been told, we're guarding this territory, we could be under attack at any moment. They might have even been told, oh, there's, there's snipers around here shooting at us. Many of the people involved might have fully believed that they were at war. But when I say that war is a hoax, I'm talking about the idea of two or more nations truly trying to shoot each other to the death. Things like trenches in World War I with, with two lines of trenches, hundreds of meters or even kilometers wide of men with guns pointed at each other, throwing grenades at each other and mustard gas and all this kind of thing. That never happened as far as I'm concerned. Now, I know that sounds crazy because we all know that this is real. We all know that this really happened. We've seen countless images in books and recreations in film. We know this must be real. This must have happened. How could this not be real? That's what I would have said a few years ago. But having spent so much time looking into this now, it's obvious to me none of that stuff ever happens. Not World War One, not World War Two, not Vietnam. None of them. None of them were real wars the way that we're told. Now, again, I have to stress that doesn't mean that nobody was injured in what they were told was a war. That doesn't mean that nobody disappeared in what they were told was a war. I'm not saying that these events didn't happen at the time in newspapers and this kind of thing. But in terms of two or more armies being sent to kill each other over territory, that didn't happen, that's never happened, that's never going to happen. And one of the main reasons that leads me to this conclusion is the people at the top of the show, the people who run the whole thing, they're not enemies at the top. They never have been. There's no evidence to suggest that there have ever been enemies. Every society has always had people at the top of society, the leaders, the storytellers, the authorities. The word authority, 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 the people who write the stories, the living masses want to be led. They want authorities, they want leaders, they want people to look up to. So every society has always had those people. And those people from the different lands have always known, oh, those other guys, they're doing the same thing as we are. They've got their living followers, they're at the top. So those guys have always been on the same page. And the lemming masses have always been the lemming masses. But those guys at the top have never really been at war. Now, people will come back to me and they'll say, oh, but the, the people at the top don't really care about us. They'll happily kill us. They'll happily have us killed in, in war as like a, a blood ritual sacrifice. And I will say back to them, why do you say that? Why are you so convinced of that? And there is this element of the conspiracy culture, what I call the act realm. There's this element of people who truly believe that the people at the top of the show are evil, that the people with the most power, the people behind the scenes are evil, that they hate us, they want to kill us, all these things. Someone who has that belief, there's nothing that I can say that will change their mind. If you really believe the people at the top are evil, nothing I can say will change your mind, and you best just go on believing that they kill us and send us to war and all this kind of thing. But I don't personally believe the people at the top are evil. I don't believe there's any evidence that they're evil. I believe that if there is evil happening, it's what we do to ourselves and to our own children. But the people at the top, no, I don't think they're, they're performing blood sacrifices with these wars on the battlefield. And, and here's one line of thinking that might help people to see where I'm coming from with this. If you believe that war is real, that they're really sending people to shoot and kill each other, the question is, well, why? Okay, do you believe America and Russia are really at war? Do you really believe that? Why? Why do you believe, what do you believe Trump and Putin are really 
enemies? Do you believe this stuff? Hopefully most of, of your audience, TNG, and certainly most of my audience, we've already realized that all of that, that's, that's a joke, that's nonsense. Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-un with his nuclear bombs, this guy's just a clown on TV, it's not real, okay? It's Goldstein, 1984 style, none of that's real. So, so the people at the top know that it's all fake. So if you want me to believe, oh, but the, the lemmings at the bottom, the guys with the rifles, you know, they, they're being sacrificed. Well, who, in between the people at the top who know that it's not real, and the people at the bottom who think they're shooting each other to, to save territory or whatever, where in the middle does someone suddenly realize this isn't real? What, the generals? The generals think it's all real, do they? Like the people who run the show know it's all fake, but the generals think it's real, really? Or what, the, the people who run the show know it's fake, and the generals know it's fake, but it's their subordinates who, who think that it's all, like, at what point do people suddenly start thinking it's real? If that's the, the line of logic that people have. So I'm not sure if that's conveyed a basic overview, TNG, but hopefully I've conveyed the, the basic points, which is that I'm sure some people get injured, I'm sure some people die in what they think is war, but this idea that there are two or more nations fighting each other that's that's not real. That's never happened. I'm obviously quite on board with this theory. I have, as I say, I've had a, a good look. And, and what strikes me is when you actually look back at what happened, say, for World War One, and you try and... Or World War Two as well. Maybe World War Two is probably better to actually have a, have a delve into because there, there is a lot more readily available information on World War Two. But when you look and then try and go into the background information for it, into the... All the reports, obviously, are all coming from government sources, all the you know all the information is just coming really from one route and it really isn't hard to tell that there's just something not right about it at all and you know that's just a surface inspection of this information well let me try a different angle with your tng let me try a different angle because this is such a this is a really tough one and i fully understand this is so difficult for people to get their heads around i didn't wake up one day and decide the history is a hoax what I found out originally was that nuclear bombs are a hoax. So before I had even considered the possibility that wars are hoax, I discovered that nuclear bombs are a hoax. Now some people will say, what? what do you mean nuclear bombs are a hoax? If somebody is still at the level where they believe in nuclear bombs, then there's nothing I can say in the next five or 10 minutes that's, that's gonna get them to where I'm at with what I'm saying. But a lot of people understand that nuclear bombs are a hoax. They've never existed. They're never going to exist. They're, they're not real. So once you understand that nuclear bombs are a hoax, the war hoax should almost become an obvious corollary. Well, hold on. There were two nations that were telling us that atomic bombs were dropped in Japan, the Americans and the Japanese. So clearly they're in on this together, right? Later on, I discovered that missiles are a hoax. This idea of V2 rockets, V2 rockets are a hoax. They're not real. They never existed. Once you understand the V2 rockets are a hoax, same problem, because supposedly the V2 rockets were being fired from like Belgium from the northern part of Europe over to England. Well, once you understand the V2 rockets were a hoax, again, both supposed sides of the war are in on it. Okay, so how can you have two sides of the war in on a hoax if the whole thing is in a hoax? What, was it Hitler versus the, the British and they were like, we're gonna have a real war, but let's get together and fake the V2 rockets? Why? That doesn't make any sense, yeah? Or there's this whole group of people out there who claim to understand that the six million is a lie, right? They understand that you can be lied to about six million deaths of a particular group of people in World War II. Oh, but the rest of war is real. How does that make sense? How can you understand that the six million is a lie, which it clearly is, and then still believe that the other 10, 20, 30 million is real? How, like, how can people have this dissonance? And of course, I've now understand people can have this dissonance because that's how people are. People aren't, they're not thinking through these things on their own. They need to be 
They basically need to be told what to believe. They can't think for themselves. But anyone who can think for themselves, they only need to work out one part of the war hoax and the rest will eventually fall into place. Whether it's the nuclear bomb hoax, the missile hoax, the six million hoax, any of these hoaxes, once you work out one of them, the rest, if you're thinking through it, should eventually fall into place. Well, I think that's a fantastic overview, John. Don't think we really need to go any further on that one. <laughs> You've totally given a missiles, missile hoax. Yeah, people do get a bit irate over that one as well. Well, think about where I am. Like, I'm currently in Vietnam. I'm, I'm recording this or we're, we're doing this show while I'm sitting here at a desk at my place in, in Saigon in Vietnam. And I've spent a little bit of time while I've been here looking at historical sites and I don't want to say too much for now but I'll say this I've seen enough here to be convinced that this war that supposedly happened uh, yeah people people might have been injured and killed uh, in in what they were told was war but it doesn't take much to convince people that they're being bombed right it, it really doesn't take much to convince people that they're under attack all it takes is an authority figure telling them we're under attack and people believe it. Um, and again, while I'm still in this territory, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, if people, because people come back to me, TNG, and they say, oh, you know, you say history is a hoax. Just wait till you travel a little bit. You know, you, you're in Australia. You guys don't have much history. Wait till you travel. And I'm like, bro, I spent six months in Africa, which is supposedly the home of, of humanity, right? And now, I'm, now I am traveling the world. People are like, oh, you, you say history is a hoax. Just wait till you go to the places that were affected. Yeah, okay, I'm here right now. And I'm telling you, I've never been more convinced that war is a hoax, yeah? <laughs> That's fantastic. It really is. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, lots of monuments to old tanks and whatever to go and see when you're in Vietnam. That's for sure. I'll share with you an experience right now. This is a TNG breaking reality exclusive. I haven't even written about this on my site yet. One of the memorials that I went to was not for tourists. It wasn't for foreigners. It was all in Vietnamese. I went there with Vietnamese family. And I, would, I had no intention of even going. Like, I was invited by these people to this thing. And I spent some time with them. And it all kind of happened by chance. Anyway, at, there was one point where I was in one building that had all of these photos and all of this Vietnamese writing. And I was looking at some of these photos, and, and this is meant to be from like the 1960s and 70s, and I was sitting there thinking, this whole building could have been put together five years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, a, it was this bizarre experience of realizing not only is, is all of these stories from four or five decades ago not real, but this very building and monument could be a relatively recent construction, and none of these people would be any the wiser. Like, once the belief is in, once you believe that this all really happened, then you can be presented with any evidence and you won't question it because the belief is already in, you see. But I was walking around thinking to myself, this whole place could almost be a, like a movie set prop, really. That's how unconvincing all of this is. Like, the whole thing was almost like a joke. But no one's ever going to question this stuff. Seriously, who questions this stuff? Me, you... Some of the members of my website, some of the members of your website, Dave J on YouTube, who else? Like we're such a tiny, tiny fringe of human civilization today. Like we're such a small proportion of the total number of humans alive that they can put anything out there. And because the masses already believe that war is real, all of the little constituent parts, all of the little photos and stories will never be questioned. Who, who would question such a thing? They just don't, John. I mean, that, that's a, a great example to give out, to be honest. And I mean, my thoughts, 
to give out to people there if they're, they're sitting there thinking, well, that John Le Bon is absolutely nuts. How can war be a hoax? Just think about this. There are across Europe literally hundreds and hundreds of sites where there have been crosses representing a supposed death of a soldier. And you'll go to this one particular site and there may be, what, 500 to 1,000 crosses sitting there. And you've got to wonder to yourself, there's not one body. There's not one grave. There are just crosses in the ground. Where are all the bodies? And considering that most people, supposedly in war, are usually well, you'd say at least a good 50% of the people have been shot with a bullet. So I would presume that there was a body left for burial. And maybe this is a bit uh, morbid and gory, but just what happened to all those bodies? And the, the figures as well for the for the amount of people that supposedly died in these wars is ridiculous to say the least. And obviously there's people or different people who have reported or authorities who've reported different figures on the same on the same. Per- People. So you've got, you know, variations of two million. It's absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, that, that variation's a very good point. It's like, if this is a real number, how can the numbers have so much variance? You know, how can they say, oh, it's this number, give or take? It's like, well, how are you counting? You know, because when we're told, oh, this many million people died in this battle or in this war, we're thinking, oh, they've got names for each of the dead people. Like, this was a real person who really lived, and then he was found deceased. They took his dog tag, whatever they call it, and they added that to their, their tally, their Excel spreadsheet of how many people are dead, right? That's what we assume. But that's evidently not the case if they're saying, oh, the death figure is this number, give or take, give or take this variance. It's like, well, either they're dead or they're not. Are you, have you been counting the number of people who you sent and how many came back? Have you been keeping track of all of these soldiers who you sent who never came back? Or are you just guessing? Yeah, now if you're just guessing, if your numbers can just be made up like that, and then we realize that people aren't double checking all of this, they can give any number, can't they? They can give any number. Who's gonna come along and question the numbers that have been given? Nobody. This is the central point I keep trying to make. Nobody's checking this stuff. Everybody has it in their mind. Oh, if they were off, if they were giving false numbers, someone would have told us by now. Who? Who do you think's checking this stuff? Who? Oh, there's, there's checks and balances. Who, who? <laughs> think through this. Who is looking at these numbers and doing the hard work for you and realizing it's all fake? Whose job is it to do that? Literally nobody. It is not anybody's job to look at these numbers and work out that they're fake and come and tell you. Nobody. So either you go and do it for yourself or you don't. But in the meantime, they've got these stories of millions of people dying and people just take it on face value. And they always will. It is absolutely incredible to me, some of, some of the stories. And I say I, I touched on the fact that you have all these reports from the government and they seem highly accurate on troop locations, troop numbers, all, sort, all sorts of facts and figures. And you would have thought they would have kept very strict records on paper of the number of men and their names in these battalions that went fighting Hitler and whoever <laughs> in World War II. Yet you're right, the number variation is so vast, it is it beggars belief, it really does. And so I've looked at some of these numbers in uh, my third article on World War, and no, it is ridiculous, it really is. And for me as well, they obviously split off the civilian casualties and things like this as well. Surely... Surely they would know how many civilians died in a bombing run or or what have you. You know, people get buried in the rubble or whatever, but they know who lives there. 
they knew who lives in the in how many people live in a given street you know to at least some kind of degree or you know percentage so no it just makes no sense so you know to quote a figure of 13 million and then but oh but it could be 16 million or something like this is is absolutely crazy it really is yeah or some other expert some other professor of history has this other figure and it's like well where are you guys getting these numbers like, if you've got these different experts with these different numbers, okay, where are you getting the numbers from? You know, like, once you actually sit there and start thinking through the, the process here, like, what's the method? You start to realize it all falls apart because we, we just assume, we just assume that there's some kind of rigorous method to come up with the numbers. But if you've got different experts with variations of millions of people, the whole thing falls apart for me. The whole thing falls apart. But had I never gone down this path, I never would have questioned any of this stuff. I would have just accepted whatever figure I was given. This, this Wikipedia page says 10 million people died in this particular war. Okay, 10 million people, you know. I would have just accepted it. I, I wouldn't have looked further and found out, oh, this other expert says 7 million. This other expert says 13 million. And then I wouldn't have thought, well, hold on, how can you have such different numbers then? Do you know how many people died or not? Is anyone else checking this stuff? No, you know, so, so I say a lot of this stuff and it, it must sound outrageous to people. It would have sounded outrageous to me a few years ago as well. Now, one more thing, I should have brought this up with you at the start of this particular conversation. The Franz Ferdinand car, the Franz Ferdinand license plate does this ring a bell for you oh it certainly does john <laughs> this is one of my favorites to be honest i discovered this after i worked out that war was a hoax so when i bring this up to people they'll say to me oh so this is your proof that war was a hoax i'm like no i realized war was a hoax before i found out about this this was just the icing on the cake the franz ferdinand assassination car license plate now i can tell people all about this tng but i'm curious to get to see if you remember the details with this one, I'm kind of springing this on you. If I say Franz Ferdinand car, what comes to mind? Well, uh, I know that uh, the his number plate on his car actually gives the date of the armistice. So the day, the date that World War One ended. So we have the dude who got shot, apparently assassinated in this car, and you know before the war started four years earlier and then the car itself is giving you the end date for world war one this is it goes beyond crazy it goes beyond extreme there is absolutely no explanation for this at all it really is other, other than other than whatever is behind this is taking the piss out of us right it's taking the piss out of us it's almost kind of saying if you want to take an intellectual approach to this an academic approach to this and look at our numbers and realize we're making it all up. Okay, you can do that. But there's a much easier way. Just look at the number plate. It's a joke. You know what I mean? This is a joke of a thing. For the listeners who aren't aware, the official story, this is what I was, I remember being taught this too in high school, that World War I started because some dude got shot and then some other bunch of people weren't happy about it. So they retaliated. And then some other country was like, well, you're picking on our smaller brother. So now we're going to go to war with you. And basically it was, it was kind of like a, a high school fight, you know? One guy picks on one guy, all these other people get involved, now millions of people are dead, right? And when you're told this story at school, you just accept it. You know, it's, oh, I, I guess so, yeah, one guy got shot and millions of people died as a result. Okay, fair enough, I'll go along with it. That guy, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, he was traveling in a car. And the car has the number plate AIII118. That's the number plate of the car that the guy whose assassination precipitated World War I, that's the number plate on his car, AIII118. 118. Now, if you look at that, you'll soon realize, well, that's, that's basically like having five ones and an eight, almost like 11, 11, 18. Now, what was the date of the armistice? In other words, 
The guy whose assassination started the war, the number plate on his car is 111118, which was the end of the war. So you've got this prop car sitting in a museum somewhere. This is the car of the guy who, because he was assassinated, the war started. And it just so happens that the number plate is the date that the war would end. And that's the same number plate that was on the car when he was assassinated. Just think through that. It's one of those things. And you know, I, I actually brought this up with uh, my daughter's history teacher because they were doing a World War One topic, you know, over like a term and looking into World War One. And uh, what I got back was, oh, thank you so much for pointing that out to me. That's absolutely incredible. And uh, I went away. And I've, I've since, my daughter's actually left school now, but this was like last year. And I've asked her, I've asked her, what, what has your history teacher come back to you about this uh, this, this Franz Ferdinand car. I says, no, she's not mentioned. I says, well, how can somebody take in that information and <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting, thanks. And then it's like dismissed. And you think, well, you know, that, that has to be the most profound nuggets of information that you could learn about World War One. It really, uh, it just beggars belief to me. It really does. Yeah, and my experience was obviously different because by the time I saw this, I already realised that war was a hoax. But you can imagine for someone who has never questioned war, when they're given this piece of information and they check it, they see that it's real, well, it, there's no way this fits into their framework. There's no way they could possibly make sense of this other than it's a mass massive coincidence. Like how else How else could they possibly make sense of that? Because the, the war is definitely real. The millions of people, Ferdinand's assassination definitely started the war, right? The armistice was definitely on 11-11-18. So all of that's definitely real. So how do you explain this car? Well, coincidence, that's the only explanation. Well, coincidence, <laughs> coincidence or not, that kind of moves the show into another area, which is uh, sync, obviously, which is a meaningful coincidence, apparently. This is the end of part two of Project Monolith. I hope you'll join myself and John for the third and final part of episode four. This was Take No Gnosis. It's goodbye for now.
But until then, you guys take care of yourselves.